A very good morning to you. It's 17 minutes past eight o'clock. Um, this is James Ross with Money Talk. Uh, let's welcome our guests today, Enzio von File, Capital Preservation Specialist at Financial Shield. Good morning, Enzio. Good morning, James. And good morning to Richard Harris, CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. Good morning, Richard. And hello to you, James. We're approaching Christmas. We're approaching the end of the year, guys. Um, you know, I think we've uh, obviously seen plenty of ups and downs this year and uh, plenty of focus on interest rates uh, through the year. Richard, as you look back on uh, 2023 and to, forwards to 2024, uh, what, what do you feel? Well, we've had such a fantastic year in 2023. It seems difficult to think we're going to have the same in 2024. And don't forget that uh, we were all thinking that 2023 would actually be a pretty uh, bad year, you know, with recession, that sort of thing coming through. So, yes, that's probably all been deferred to the future. I think the stock market may have a bit of a wobble in the first quarter of 2024. But at the moment, it does seem fairly steady as it goes, you know, with U.S. consumer confidence up and uh, people feeling uh, as if, yes, we're having a Santa rally again this year. NGO, are you also feeling steady about things at the moment? Not as sanguine as my friend Richard. I just spent... Oh, I think we seem to have lost him. Richard, are you still with us? Oh, Enzio. Enzio's there. About rising, about rates falling. They're in for a mistake. Unfortunately, we're we're losing Enzio. Uh, let's go back to to you, Richard. Maybe we can uh, develop that a little bit more. Um, you know, th- there are various things, I guess, uh, in the pipeline that may affect uh, the U.S. economy, which in turn is going to affect the uh, the international economy. Well, what do you see those things being in the first quarter of 2024? Well, I think the main thing is that markets have actually been, you know, really too bullish. And I think Russ Mould said in your earlier piece, you know, the, the fact that uh, markets have gone way ahead. What I think has happened is that we've actually borrowed performance from the future. Uh, markets think interest rates are going to go down more than they have. Markets think that inflation is going to go down more than they have. And uh, it's always very, very difficult, if not wrong, to bet against the market. But I think in this case, uh, it has moved on ahead too far, too fast. Uh, and we'll probably be negatively surprised coming coming into the first quarter of next year. <laughs> is, is it really a normalisation, would you say, of interest rates, Richard? You know, you, you, uh, uh, the, the rates have gone up, but uh, have they gone back up to a normal position? Well, that's exactly right. I think we're in a situation now where people are saying, OK, we're going to have maybe one and a half percent interest rate cuts next year. Well, that only takes us to four uh, percent. Now, the Fed actually needs some ammunition for any problems that might happen in the future. And when interest rates were at zero, you can't exactly lower them uh, any more than zero, although banks have tried. Um, but it makes no sense for money to have no value at all. So I think that the Fed's probably quite keen to keep interest rates around the 3 to 4% if they possibly can, uh, but the market is pricing in a lot lower rates than that. Enzio's back with us. Enzio, we didn't really catch what you said before. Yeah. You know, are you feeling steady about things uh, going into 2024? I'm very squeamish, actually, because but, I think that... Yeah, can you hear me now? We're loud and clear now. Okay, I'm really squeamish because I think that people are far too sanguine about these rates being cut. The Fed never said such a thing. Individuals at the Fed said that, but the Fed has not said that. That has to wait till the policy meeting. 
There are others in the, in the Fed who dissent with that view, and I'm of the concern there's very high structural inflation that will continue. So I, don't, I can't kind of feel all good about next year at this stage. So what other factors are you looking at uh, at the moment, Angie? What are the, the things that you think, feel you know, could have an effect? I think that one area really has to be the whole shadow banking system in America, where the banks basically were so regulated that all the um, unregulated activities got pushed into shadow banks were not regulated at all. And so it's, it's, that could be one area. Secondly, it's just the clear concern that I have that all people, the majority of markets now seem to be factoring huge rate cuts. And I'm just saying, hold steady, boys. It, it just may not be that way. Don't go and put, that, put the bank on it and leverage up your eyeballs on that. It may not happen. So those are two things. Mm. And thirdly, just the start of the world trade. <laughs> Uh, you know, as far as the shadow banking uh, is concerned, you know, I suppose one of the things that we had hoped was that the, the banking crises of earlier in the year um, are past us. So, Richard, are you, are you, what are you th- feeling about the banks at the moment? Well, you know, the thing about debt crises is they always come upon us really quickly and suddenly. Uh, and if you look at what happened in 2008, we were doing pretty fine, and then everybody realised there was all this debt that couldn't be paid back. So NCA is right. The shadow banking uh, sector is a problem. Now, fortunately, they do tend to uh, invest in areas that are necessarily the heights of the economy. But in fact, we don't really know. And it's when certain issues, certain areas of debt suddenly start to appear that markets get worried. I actually think at the moment that although the debt mountain out there is going to be a big and enduring problem in the future and will probably cause a crash at the end of, uh, at some time, it's probably too early to warn of a debt crisis yet. I think we might likely go through 2024 before that happens. Um, But it's obviously an issue. Uh, and a concern. Um, but I think at the moment, the economies are strong enough to keep that to bay for, for maybe another 12 months. How do I'm we... just thinking... Angie, go on. If I could just very quickly that in, my concern more specifically is the over-leveraging in the private credit sector where the leverage with the hedge funds in, in, the, in the quest of making money have leveraged to the eyeballs to lend private credit, non-bank credit to other credit takers. There are two questions. Why didn't the bank then to these companies? And secondly, how much of these hedge funds actually reached up? And if it gets nasty, they're the ones that could seriously cause the problem. Well, there's also, if I may uh, back in, James, uh, I add to yes. that, you've got this situation with these two Bitcoin exchanges, uh, mm. as if they, yes. they may be fraudulent uh, in Hong Kong. Well, we've just had FTX uh, go under, where these hedge funds lent $30 billion to a young man of 28 who yeah. had three years' fundamental experience oh. um, and who left them with a whole of $8 billion. Now, you sort of think we are coming towards the end of a cycle when you have people throwing money around like that and yeah. basically wasting it. But at the moment, the market seems to be able to take an $8 billion loss on the nose. Um, there'll probably be a time in the future when that's not possible. Mm. Uh, but at the moment, I think we're, uh, the, the ice is still thick enough uh, for us to be able to say that we'll, we'll, we'll go through the next year. You're not, you're not feeling good about crypto at the moment then, Richard? Well, I, I follow Charlie Munger's uh, great line, which is that it's rat poison. 
And then when he went up from to sort of 900 to 9,000, he called it more expensive rat poison. Um, the thing with crypto is it's based completely on the last fool theory. You know, it's what, what the next guy is going to, or the next lady is going to pay for it. And, of course, you come to a situation where eventually it's too expensive and then everyone goes in the door at the same time. The difference between that and regular currencies is regular currencies are backed by governments, they're backed mm. by armed forces, they're backed by taxation, uh, and they do have somebody looking over them all the time. So, so that's the big danger with the whole crypto uh, sector. Enzio, are, are we being too old school in our thoughts, though, about crypto, do you think? I'm very Noah's school. I'm in Noah's Ark with this, but I don't really understand them. <laughs> and so um, I've put my, I can't even find my oars in the boat with which to row on them. But I, I kind of just leave them alone. I don't mind that. There's, there's, there's plenty of other opportunity out there, but that one I don't. I just want to warn our readers, don't think that your cash is safe at the bank based on what Richard and I are just saying. It, is, it may not be. Treasury bills might be safer. Well, it sounds to me that you know everything is a bit um, a bit sensitive. Doesn't really matter where you put your cash. Well, cash or or as long as the bank is the custodian, your money is safe. But if you have cash at the bank, the cash on lends that money to hungry borrowers, and if the borrowers then go fuck, well then but then your 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 deposits also go down the drain. So that's all that we're saying. Uh, turning to matters a bit closer to home, um, you know, China con- continues to uh, offer uh, a sputtering economy, as we called it a little bit earlier on. Are we oh. seeing are we seeing any um, signs of green shoots of things getting a bit better there, Richard? What, what do you feel about China at the moment? I, I think so. I think the uh, authorities have looked to put quite a lot more money uh, into the markets, and that's a good thing. Um, however, it does look as if they're going to have to do a lot more in the new year for the economy really to start get kick-started. It really needs a big bazooka of liquidity to go in. I think there's a strong chance that that will happen. And if that does, then Hong Kong, I think, will be, if you like, an option on that. Hong Kong will do better yeah. than China, mm-hmm. just as it's done worse than China. Um, so I think that's, that's quite an important thing. So there are green shoots. But don't forget that in the markets, the markets always sense this early. The, the wisdom of the crowd picks up real movement, and we may well see the markets both in China and Hong Kong do quite well in the early part of the next year against the run of play elsewhere in the world because the markets will sense that the Chinese economy is recovering. Enzio, how about Japan? Are we seeing good things there? There's been a lot of talk about Japan in the last few months. Well, I'm surprisingly positive on Japan. I think that the mindset is beginning to change. I used to cover Japan in the 80s, and it was always the ITT number. It takes time. Well, we don't have that time anymore, and I think the, the young people now coming into management are changing things. I would say, though, that the, the Bank of Japan cannot afford to, to hike rates at this stage because they, want their, they don't want their wages to be cut, and if they do, then they won't get re-elected in 2025. So there, there's a political issue out there that needs, that needs bearing in mind. Like all the central banks, are they sort of caught in the middle? Who are you asking, Richard? Well, I was asking you, Enzia, but um, oh. yeah. yeah no. I, I, I think that the central bank just has to stay steady on its course because if it raises rates, then what happens is that the exchange rate rises, imported inflation falls, and that then depresses wages domestically. Now, they have 
parliamentary elections next year and the national government elections in 2025. And they don't want to lose those. But I think that they'll stay on the side of this easing policy for quite some time. And that makes me quite optimistic. Uh, Enzo von File is Capital Preservation Specialist at uh, Financial Shield and uh, Richard Harris, uh, the CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management. Uh, both are guests on Money Talk this morning. Thank you.